Hello everybody, I'm Ryan from Fireside Yankees. In today's video, we're talking about three rebound candidates for the Bronx Bombers. Now, these three players are players who were below average players last year and are going to rebound. So they cannot be guys who are just young players who didn't have the best rookie year in the world or had some early season struggles and then got better. So for example, DJ LeMahieu will not be on this list. Anthony Volpe will not be on this list. Uh, Austin Wells will not be on this list. We're focusing on guys who were downright not good last year and could rebound in this upcoming season. But before we do that, Make sure you guys like, comment, subscribe, and turn on that notification bell. And now, without further ado, let's get into today's video. And let's get started with Carlos Rodon. Now, Carlos Rodon might be the most obvious candidate for this list, and that's why I want to start things off with him. He put up a negative 0.2 F4 last season, had a 6.85 ERA, a 5.79 FIP, and a 5.30 XFIP, striking out just 22.4% of batters face and having a 2.10 home runs per nine. Rodon was signed to a six-year, $162 million contract last season, and the Yankees are hoping he can play up to that contract value and be the number two starter for the New York Yankees. Something that the Yankees are going to need going forward is a guy who can run alongside Garrett Cole as one of the best pitchers in the American League, and Rodon certainly has the stuff to do that. The problem with Rodon last year seemed to be command and, of course, injuries, and those two things kind of play hand in hand. Command takes longer to reestablish after coming back from an injury than stuff does, as getting a feel for your pitches and getting a feel for your mechanics is highly important and can only come with in-game reps, and that's something that Carlos Rodon just didn't have this past year. Most notably, didn't really participate in spring training, that during the season when he came back, he had multiple setbacks. Once he returned to the mound, he was hurt again in a start against the Astros, had to be pulled, put back on the IL, and then come back again. And he ended his season on an ugly note, as not only did he get shelled by the Kansas City Royals, a Kansas City Royals team that just wasn't good offensively, but he also turned his bat to, back to Matt Blake, and that caused some issues between him and the pitching coach, stuff that's been cleared up now, and Rodon's focus is on getting ready for the 2024 season. He has had some images float online of him looking like he's in better shape. I do believe that Rodon's conditioning is going to be important for him being good next year, especially considering the fact that it just feels like he couldn't get his, foot, his footing right. He couldn't get anything going. He couldn't get himself in the right physical shape to get uh, where he needed to be on the mound. And most importantly, the New York Yankees need him to get strikeouts again. A 22.4% strikeout rate is 11% worse than where he was in 2022. That is a sharp decline. That is a decline that would indicate maybe his stuff was worse. But when looking at stuff plus, his stuff plus numbers were in line with where they were the year prior. I think it was around a 111 stuff plus, only a three-point drop from 114. And ultimately, I do believe that Carlos Rodon will be a high... Uh, a high octane starter next year. I think he's going to be a highly valuable part of this rotation. And when looking at projections, they believe he'll be a part of this rotation in a really good manner. And they think that he's going to put up a 3.79 ERA, a 3.84 FIP, a 3.1 F4. Those are pretty good marks. A 28.5% strikeout rate is really good. And if you can end up replicating those numbers in 2024, he'll be one of the better stars in the American League and he'll help anchor the top of the Yankee rotation. But again, the Yankees are going to need him to stay healthy. They're going to need him to be consistent. They're going to need him to keep himself on the mound as much as he can. Even if he doesn't cross the 30-start threshold, that's fine. If he can get to around 25 starts, 26 starts, that's the number you're really aiming for. Around 130 to 140 innings. Last year was only at 64.1, and they weren't consistent reps. We also saw this with the White Sox in 2021, where he broke down towards the end of the season and began just getting shelled. He couldn't get swings and misses at the rate he was going at. It looked like he would win the American League Cy Young prior to that injury, and things just kind of fell apart for him. So, Looking at what his objective and what his agenda should be for 2024, it's staying healthy. It's getting right. It's being on the mound consistently, and it's being there every fifth day for the New York Yankees. And on the Yankees side of things, they need to have the bullpen and pitching depth to make sure that they can get have spot starts, and they're just ready for Rodon to potentially have to hit the IL 
or skip a start if need be, but ultimately, he's going to be the most important part of this pitching staff next year. If he's as good as he can be, the Yankees are going to be really damn good, and they're going to prevent runs at a really good clip, but moving back towards the offense here, the next guy we're going to talk about is Giancarlo Stanton. Now, Giancarlo Stanton last year was downright atrocious. He was not good enough. The New York Yankees had a black hole at DH, and this has been a struggle that he's had since the 2022 All-Star break, but this past year, he had an 89 WRC+, negative 0.8 F war, a 275 OBP, 420 slugging percentage. He still did hit 24 home runs in 101 games, but the athleticism, the ability to get on base, the ability to hit for an acceptable average, all of it was gone. He just wasn't a good hitter. This was by far the worst year of his career, and this is after last year he put up his worst WRC Plus ever as a major leaguer at 116. He had the lowest OBP of his career. These are now back-to-back seasons where he has an OBP below 300, and ultimately, John Carlos Stan's going to have to prove himself. He has a lot a lot to prove. He has to be better next year. He has to hit a lot better next year. He has to be a middle of the order threat. He doesn't have the defense or base running value to carry his profile if he's not hitting. Um, and if he's putting up an 89 WRC plus, the Yankees are better off just cutting him and, and cutting their losses and trying to go towards Trent Grisham or Jason Dominguez when he comes back. Or maybe if he develops at a really rapid pace, even Spencer Jones. Hell, I'd rather even see Everson Pereira getting reps in left field than potentially pushing, uh, you know, Soto to right field or Verdugo to right field and Soto to the spot. I just don't want to see John Carlos Stan putting up an 89 WRC plus in the middle of the lineup, but thankfully there is a chance for him to rebound. He still has the power he had in years past. The raw power is great. The swing decisions were fine. The whiff rates actually got better. He's had a lower swinging strike rate in 2023 than he did in 2022, and ultimately it's just a matter of getting the ball back in the air a little bit. He doesn't hit enough line drives. His line drive rate was a career worst 12.5%. His ground ball rate 43.1%. He's going to need to pull some of the batted balls in the air as well if he's not going to put the ball in the air as often and if you can have pulled contact in the air he'll have a really good year so ultimately it's a matter of getting that home run to fly ball rate back up it was only 21.8 percent this past year that is a career low for him or that's tied for a career low for him in 2022, it was 30.4%. In 2021, it was 26.7%. Converting more of his fly balls into home runs and having better launch angle management could be the could be the proof in the pudding. That could be the thing that gets him going. That could be the thing that gets him back to where he needs to be. And the big number here that I'm looking at is his BAPIP. His 227 BAPIP in 2022, his 210 BAPIP in 2023. Those are key performance indicators for me. If those numbers get back to where they were in his career, which is roughly around 300, then I'm going to believe that he's going to have an elite year. If you can just get that number up to like 270 or 280 he'll probably have a really good offensive season it sounds weird to say this when it comes to a power hitter like John Carlos Stanton but his ability to hit for average is going to float his ability to get on base so if he hits for a higher average he's going to be a better hitter and that's not saying sell out for average and try to focus on your hit tool but better distribute your batted balls and having better batted ball sprays is going to be really important again ideal launch angles, line drives, those kinds of things, those convert into hits more often than even fly balls, and they certainly convert into hits more often than ground balls. So if John Colstein can find that happy medium of hitting line drives again while still generating a ton of power, he's going to be a scary hitter, and the pressure is no longer there for him to be the second best hitter on the New York Yankees. That pressure is now with Juan Soto, and that's a hitter who, I mean, let's be real here, if he doesn't have a good year next year, all hell's going to break loose because he's been one of the best hitters in baseball consistently, and he's never had an OBP below 400 in his MLB career. But again, John Carlos Stan is a key part of this team. He is going to be somebody that I think, you know, defines this lineup. And as odd as that sounds, it's, in my opinion, the most accurate description of what his impact can be for the Yankees. I don't think it's hyperbole to say that if John Carlos Stanton is as good as he can be, then the New York Yankees are going to have a World Series caliber uh, roster and they're going to be a team capable of winning 100 games. But 
Moving on to the last player here. Now, it was a toss-up between Anthony Rizzo and Esther Cortez. And while I think Anthony Rizzo certainly needs to bounce back, I feel pretty confident in his ability to bounce back, number one. And number two, he's only on a one-year deal at $20 million. On the other hand, the New York Yankees have Nestor Cortez, not a long-term deal, but they do have him under control for the next few years, and if he's able to rebound, he's going to be a nice starter for the Yankees and still have two more years of control after, uh, including this year, and I think he's the most important player between the two to bounce back. Again, I think Rizzo is more than capable of being an above-average defender and doing enough offensively, but Nestor Cortez is going to have to prove himself again. He put up a 4.97 ERA, only made 12 starts, the shoulder injuries are concerning, whereas in Rizzo's case, it's a concussion. It was isn't something he could control. It's kind of like Aaron Judge's toe injury. I'm not going to hold his toe injury against him in terms of future projections, and I wouldn't hold the concussion against Anthony Rizzo for his ability to stay healthy, but I am going to hold a shoulder injury against Nesta Cortez's ability to stay healthy. He has never made 30 starts in a major league season. That's obviously a concern. He made a career-high 28 starts last year. If you do count the postseason, Nesta Cortez did make 30 starts because he had three extra postseason starts, so he did make 31 starts in the 2022 calendar year. Um, but I do need him to bounce back. Him bouncing back will be very important for the New York Yankees' success next year. He struck out 25.2% of batters faced. Not a huge drop-off from his 2022 numbers, but when you couple that with a slightly higher walk rate, he walks 7.5% of batters faced. You see a, a strikeout-to-walk rate that dropped nearly 3%, and that's a concern. But the big concern here was the quality of contact against. Batters barreled the ball 2.1% more against Nestor Cortez in 2023. The home run per nine weight jumped up from 0.91 to 1.56. That's another concern. And as a result, his FIP jumped from 3.13 to 4.49. Now, expected ERA believed that Nestor Cortez was actually an above-average pitcher last year, and that if you repeated the same outcomes, he would have put up a better ERA, as they had him at a 3.71 expected ERA, and I personally believe that Nestor Cortez can bounce back. I think he can be an above-average starter again. The stuff is still pretty good. He still has the four-seam fastball, the cutter. The slider wasn't very good for him. It's never been an elite pitch for him, but it wasn't that strong tertiary pitch. And the cutter, the movement profiles are fine on it, but... The inability to get swings and misses and soft contact is certainly a concern. It wasn't there for him last year, and maybe the Yankees are going to have to make tweaks uh, with that pitch, or maybe it's just a matter of tweaking his command and getting himself back on track. I do believe Nestor Cortez is going to be someone who can help the Yankees next year. He's projected to throw 137 innings with a 4.18 ERA and a 1.7 war, according to Steamer. Zips projects him for a 2.0 F war, um, but we'll have to wait and see what he ends up doing. He's the guy who I feel the least sure about, not in comparison to John Carlos Stanton, who is older but the least sure about in the sense of I don't know how much of a leash the Yankees are going to give him number one Number two, I don't know if he has that same, uh, like, the, the Yankees have that same obligation to give him a long-term future with the team, because on one hand, yes, John Carlos Stan could be DFA'd, and Carlos Rodon at some point down the road, if he just continued to struggle, could be DFA'd, but both those guys have big financial commitments tied to them, so the Yankees have a financial incentive to make them work. Nesto Cortez, on the other hand, is under arbitration. If he were to struggle this year, the Yankees could just non-tender him, or they could shift him to a bullpen role, kind of like how he was in 2021, but personally, I believe the Yankees need to give him the run as a starter. I just don't think the Yankees are going to force themselves to start him if it's not working out. But I do believe Cortez has the stuff still. I think the projections are pretty solid. A 4.18 ERA isn't half bad. If you get that run prevention, you're getting better than league average run prevention and 137 innings. That's good. It's not elite, but it's certainly good. Um, and again, like he's only 29 years old. It's not like he's entering his age 33 or 34, or 35 season. His velocity went up from 2021 to 2022 
So, and it stayed the same in 2023. So there aren't concerns about degrading stuff. It's just a matter of being healthy, having command and consistently remaining on the mound because those are things he really struggled with last year. And those are things Rodon struggled with last year as well. These two guys are pivotal to the Yankees rotation. If Carlos Rodon is your two and Nestor Cortez is your three, then Marcus Stroman being your four and Clark Schmidt being your five, that's a really damn good rotation. But if Nestor Cortez isn't good enough to be a three starter and he's more of a five starter or he's not even rotation eligible or he's not good enough to be in a rotation, that creates issues. In Carlos Rodon's case, if he's more of a number three or number four, that's a very expensive uh, pitcher for a guy who just hasn't been, you know, you don't pay $162 million for a three or four starter. So, Ultimately, I do wonder what you get at Nestor Cortez next year, but for these three guys, 2024 is going to be a pivotal year for not only their careers, but for the reputation of the Bronx. If two of these three guys can click for the Yankees, or, I mean, I mean, you pray to God, but if all three of these guys can click for the Yankees, not only will their reputations be a lot better in New York, but the team's going to win a lot of games. That's that's how you get that 100-win outcome, um, but all we can do is wait and see. There's nothing that we can evaluate. There's nothing we can project beyond what projection systems have done. There's nothing to really look at that can give us new evidence or new data. We'll just have to wait till spring training. We'll just have to see how healthy they hold up, and we'll just have to see if they've made any strides or if their health is the only thing that they had missing for them, but with that being said, we'd love to know what you guys think in the comment section below. Who do you guys think can be a bounce back candidate for the team next year? Is there anybody on my list that I left off that you guys would have included? Let us all know in the comment section below. Get involved in the conversation. You guys can check us out on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and of course this YouTube page. We've got you guys with various forms of content, so really excited for you guys to check that out. And of course, you guys can check us out um, at EmpireSportsMedia.com for our written content. You can check me out at Ryan Garcia ESM on Twitter, and we'll see you guys in the next one. Peace out.